I love building bridges. I always used to do this. When I was in the IT business, I was an IT network administrator, and you have different kinds of operating systems that do not talk to each other. And what you need to do is building bridges. And so what really also intrigued me very much was building bridges between blockchains. And also, this seems to be in line with something that Charles Hoskinson mentioned in, I think it was back in September when he said, um, uh, the crypto space needs to have its Wi-Fi moment. And what he meant actually is that blockchains, uh, actually they are working under the hood, like in a car, like the motor, but you're not concerned with that when you're driving from A to B. What you really want is things to happen. And you don't, uh, as a user, you don't want to, to need to be aware of what blockchain you're currently on, be it Ethereum, Cardano, Polygon, whatever. Welcome to the Cardano Source Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and on this weekly podcast, I catch up with a range of Cardano innovators, thought leaders, and changemakers who are using Cardano to make an impact. As Charles Hoskinson puts it, we are Cardano. And if you'll permit us, we'd like to change the world. If that sounds like you, then make sure to subscribe, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back everyone. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and today we are joined by Thomas Plettel, CEO and co-founder of CoinLink, a multi-chain DeFi platform that connects the DeFi services on Cardano, Ethereum, Polygon, and Binance Smart Chain. So Thomas, cheers for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here, Blaine. Yeah, no worries. Uh, to start us off, perhaps we can begin with a quick, uh, quick intro. So can you tell the podcast a bit about uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, I am a co-founder of CoinLink. I have a background uh, as an IT developer. I've been in the IT business for two decades almost right now, and I've uh, come to the crypto scene about three years ago, and we've been on several projects um, out there with, uh, yeah, the last project, the last huge project that we did was with a bot uh, that was last year. Uh, then at the beginning of this year, it sometimes, uh, it, it somehow seemed that bots were not, uh, yeah, really, uh, they were not what users uh, were really uh, wanting to have anymore. And so uh, with my co-founders who were also on the same project, we decided to start a DeFi project of our own. And we were uh, already aware of the Cardano space. We were enticed by what Cardano has to offer. Uh, we have been doing a lot of, an, of Ethereum stuff, uh, staking ourselves, yield farming, et cetera, during the summer of DeFi last year. But uh, when we became aware of Cardano, we saw that uh, this had a totally different approach, like uh, the, the research-based uh, approach, which uh, we found very interesting and intriguing. Uh, because uh, actually, um, we also, uh, of course, followed pretty much what Charles Hoskinson had to say. And this put everything in a bigger perspective to our mind. What I really, uh, what re really intrigued me was uh, like he is um, really having this philosophy of blockchain not only being something where you can, yeah, well, earn money, it's something like get rich quick scheme for retail users, because this would be too little. What he tells us is, and what I believe actually will be the future, is that this is a larger philosophy behind this, where people will get access to financial services who do not have this access right now. 
And also, as he mentioned in a video last week, I think that was, is that data belongs, if, if data belongs to everyone, then it actually belongs to no one. And this is a very important thing that um, I've always um, held as a very important uh, thing uh, for the future that, that we all want to come true. Um, not to go into much detail about uh, societal or political things right now, but I think that this is going to be a very important thing for the future. And, and yeah, this is why we came uh, around uh, to uh, actually start a project on Cardano or with a strong Cardano uh, focus. But then on the other hand, um, also as I love building bridges. I always <laughs> used to do this when I was in the IT business. I was, I was an IT network uh, administrator and you have different kinds of uh, operating systems that do not talk to each other. And what you need to do is building bridges. And so what really also uh, uh, intrigued me very much was uh, building bridges between blockchains. And also uh, this uh, seems to be in line with something that Charles Hoskinson mentioned in, I think it was back in September when he said, um, uh, the crypto space needs to have its Wi-Fi moment. And what he meant actually is that blockchains, uh, actually they are working under the hood, like in a car, like the motor, but you're not concerned with that when you're driving from A to B. What you really want is things to happen. And you don't, uh, as a user, you don't want to, to need to be aware of what blockchain you're currently on, be it Ethereum, Cardano, Polygon, whatever. And building bridges between these blockchains sounds like a very interesting thing to me to step into the future for the crypto space. And so this is why we started this uh, project, CoinLink, with a strong focus on Cardano, but also with a strong focus of yeah, being a cross-blockchain project. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I like what you mentioned about this technology having you know the potential to, to make some massive positive impact in this world. And that's a big factor that drew me into into this space as a whole, but also specifically Cardano. They seem to have a, a focus around, um, you know, making those fundamental uh, that fundamental impact in the world. Um, so, what what is CoinLink? Uh, from what you mentioned with bridges, uh, and obviously me knowing what your project is about, um, maybe maybe talk about CoinLink and how that ties in with your love for building bridges. Yeah, right now we have got several uh, different blockchains. Um, well, what, what really is a drag for the user usually is if you have an asset on one blockchain, for example, and then you find, for example, an interesting uh, investment opportunity like a yield farming protocol on another blockchain. And what happens is that you have to go through, uh, well, I don't know how many intermediary steps until you have uh, routed that asset, until you have put it into a liquidity protocol and you take the liquidity token, you put it into a yield farming protocol. All of this, even for professionals, is about professionals, quote, quote, but um, this is a really a time consuming process. This is, uh, yeah, something you don't want to go through. And especially if you don't have much time if you're not doing this professionally then a lot of things are lost on you uh, that you cannot even use and there is so many in, uh, interesting opportunities out there where i'm just talking about uh, yield farming investment uh, things etc but there are also uh, a host of other uh, services out there think only of nft etc where where they become uh, increasingly complex to access because of the fact that there exist several blockchains that do not talk to each other. So what we want to do as a first step is 
um, that we will start on the Ethereum blockchain because right now this is the most used blockchain still. It's the grand it's the core dam of all blockchains and Cardano as it has become fully operative right now with smart contracts also will be the first choice to integrate next. Mm -hmm. Right now, uh, there is there are a lot of services spring up uh, on Cardano, like SunlightSwap is uh, fully operative on the testnet right now, um, which will be, yeah, hopefully the first uh, of the DEXs that we will integrate on Cardano. And as more services will spring up on Cardano, we, will, we would like to be on the forefront of integrating all them and then uh, implementing bridges into our project where it is possible for the user, well, ideally speaking, to start with an asset on one blockchain and just tell the app where you want to put the asset ultimately in, in what kind of whatever, yield farming project or whatever. And this then gets routed uh, automatically with as uh, few intermediary steps as uh, possible. Um, so that you end up with, with uh, where you uh, want your assets to be uh, staked or whatever. Okay. So on on your website, it says that you connect all DeFi services on multiple blockchains. So you mentioned Ethereum, Cardano, Polygon, uh, Binance. What DeFi services are you connecting? So obviously, in terms of DeFi, some common ones are decentralized exchanges. So people that want to exchange one token for another token, you have yield farming, people want to kind of stake LP tokens or stake individual tokens to earn yield uh, or borrowing and lending. Are you kind of aggregating all of those services, but then aggregating them through one blockchain, not one blockchain, but all of them. And then it's like a, it's like a, like a master aggregator kind of idea? Like you're not just aggregating on one blockchain, you're aggregating these DeFi services around potentially all of them. Is that the, the value prop? Yeah, a, a master aggregator, that sounds very interesting. Uh, yes, well, the long-term version that would be <laughs> the Google yeah. of all the aggregators. <laughs> well, like, yeah, like you, you hear of aggregators and it's from like a usability point of view, it's like helpful because you don't have to, um, an aggregator takes, um, you know, the, the hassle away from a user from having to seek out the best, you know, price from multiple different DEXs, you aggregate, this aggregator does that work for you. But one difference for you is that you're, you're looking to aggregate across multiple, um, blockchains potentially. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, be doing this and, uh, well, um, there are so many projects out there. Of course, we cannot integrate all of them because integrating okay. still is manual um, is manual development work. Uh, all of them need to be addressed um, manually during the development, and we will vet the both the, the best of them. Obviously, mm. uh, for example, the DEXs, which give you the best prices, the yield farming protocols, which give you the highest APYs, etc. Um, but definitely, we will uh, aggregate a lot of these projects as there are a lot of interesting ones um, that give you the best prices. And yes, we will aggregate them across blockchains. Of course, they still the aggregator still runs on a blockchain per blockchain basis. But then this is where the smart routing kicks in. Uh, if you want to use, yeah, as I already mentioned, if you want to use a, a service on a, on a different blockchain, this also gets done automatically by the smart routing feature of our app. Okay, interesting. So the maybe we can expand a bit on the smart routing. So is that um, 
the bridge, the building the bridge part. Uh, is that essentially what the smart routing is? You you can route orders from blockchain to to blockchain via some sort of bridge. Is that maybe expand a bit on how that works? The smart mm. the smart routing yeah. process. Yeah, exactly. Ultimately, this would be the goal to have the user to do as few as as few intermediary steps as is possible. Uh, right now, there are bridges out there that are already pre-configured by uh, several blockchain projects. Like, for example, there's an Ethereum Polygon bridge. Uh, there are several Cardano bridges already out there between Polygon and Ethereum, for example. Also, an ESC20 converter is a brand new thing that has already been launched right now. Cardano blockchain. And so we will most likely be utilizing, at least for the first step, the um, bridges that are out there because setting up our own bridges will also entail um, to provide liquidity, huge amounts of liquidity for uh, uh, for them to be working. Uh, we will be looking to do this in a later step. And yes, I believe that uh, the uh, blockchains coalescing actually to, to a larger system will be the future. And so uh, we will have a strong focus on these bridges. Mm. One, so I'm just trying to visualize how I would actually interact with this. So you mentioned that Ethereum first, you're, you're going to be integrating with Ethereum first in large part because it's, you know, the DeFi ecosystem is there. Uh, um, but then when the Cardano, DeFi IQ system kind of builds out, and then you'll integrate on Cardano next. When fast forwarding into the future, when you know you do integrate with Cardano, how would I interact with the platform from like a, a, a purely a Cardano user? So um, would I then, I guess, hop on the CoinLink pro, uh, platform, um, connect my Cardano wallet? Do I have ability to connect with a Cardano wallet, like a NAMI wallet or whatever? Um, obviously not now, but in the future. And then once I connect with my Cardano wallet, I can then trade some sort of coin in a different blockchain ecosystem. Maybe, maybe step through that, or would I need to have a MetaMask wallet set up in order to kind of interact with this platform? Well, right now we are of the opinion that you will still need both uh, wallets from from the blockchain that are compatible to the blockchain. And yes, we would uh, we would actually have a connection then to the Cardano wallet, be it Euro, be it Nami, uh, whatever. And yes, you would start out with the asset in that specific wallet, and then it would mm. appear in the target wallet. So for example, you would start with a Cardano token, and then it would appear finally in the MetaMask uh, wallet or the other way around. That would be uh, yeah, what, what we will be implementing. Yeah. OK, I'm that makes hoping, sense. <laughs> still hoping that in the world of wallets, the same thing will, uh, will yeah. transpire. Yeah, so there will be only one standard for wallets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that's but, far. That's far in the future, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of this uh, this DeFi evolution. But as it stands, um, you know, if we want to use the smart routing feature and trade a token from one blockchain to another, uh, would need, I guess, two separate wallets uh, set up because at the moment the wa wallets are kind of established for one or a couple of blockchains, or not. There's no wallet currently that exists that is usable for all of them. 
Uh, fingers crossed one day in the future we could have some sort of overarching master wallet that would be an amazing amazing time um but yeah currently that that unicorn doesn't exist um but we're, we're hopefully not too far away from that moment that would be quite amazing um so you've kind of touched on it already um Maybe, maybe. So the question I've got written down here is: How are you planning on integrating Cardano into the CoinLeak ecosystem? You kind of you've kind of already touched on that, but maybe um, maybe elaborate on that or speak about you know why Cardano is your next in line to integrate with. Like what are what are the features of Cardano that um, think that you think is quite important for you to like tie into that ecosystem? Yeah, well, right now, obviously, there is one very practical reason why we would seek to integrate Cardano services as soon as possible is um, Ethereum will be the first one. But nevertheless, Ethereum has, yeah, still um, suffers from high gas costs and slow transaction speeds. It's a story that has been around for, for months or even longer. And Cardano, as it has uh, very high transaction speeds and very low transaction costs will naturally from a UX standpoint for, for the benefit for the user be the first one that we would uh, like to integrate. And so, um, yeah, it's a little bit, well, we are, we are still waiting for more services to spring up on the Cardano blockchains. This is why Sunday Swap, for example, is so very important for us because it's not just the first text, but it is also proof that um, yeah, well, a lot of things that get said about Cardano are uh, just not true because SundaySwap proves that there is a DEX, that it is viable to run a DEX uh, on the blockchain, on Cardano blockchain. And so we think that a, a lot of other projects um, will also spring up in the wake of SundaySwap and yield farming protocols as well. And so this is, yeah, well, as I already said, the UX is is um, still lacking on Ethereum to a degree where a lot of users are, are actually um, thinking of probably not doing their transactions. And so we would like to integrate Cardano as soon mm -hmm. as possible. Um, just us having bridges doesn't mean you actually have to use them. If you, as a user, are content with, with everything that Cardano has to offer, which uh, in all likelihood may be the case for a lot of users, uh, then of course you can uh, always stay on a Cardano blockchain and use the services mm. that we aggregate just there. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, there's no harm in having these bridges. You can choose to use them or choose not to. But in general, I think bridges are good um, in terms of this interoperability, interoperability thing. Bit of a tongue twister, that one. I mean, whether no matter how much you love a particular blockchain, the, the reality is the future is got to be interoperable. And, um, and that's a good thing because then we can then connect with, you know, it opens up the, the value for people to take advantage of in whatever that situation is. So yeah, I'm a um, yeah definitely a big believer in bridges. I love bridges too. Uh, I'm an architect, but I, I've I've got a a bias towards um, bridges and engineering and that sort of thing. Um, that sort of engineering, not not this cool digital engineering that I wish I learned when I was younger. That's a side topic. Um, the roadmap. What does the roadmap look like for you guys? The CoinLink. Yeah, as for the roadmap, um, well, um, in quarter one, 2022, we will uh, seek to integrate the first Cardano services. 
Um, we will also then uh, set up the first bridge. Most likely that will be a bridge between Ethereum and Polygon. So obviously we'll also integrate uh, first services on Polygon. Um, integrating uh, services is not, yeah, well, as I already mentioned, it's a manual development, but it's not such a big deal. So we will, we will also have time during the first quarter of 22 uh, to implement the first versions of uh, two other very important features that will be transaction tracking and portfolio management. Now, transaction mm -hmm. tracking also addresses the fact that in the DeFi space, um, again, everything is scattered all over your computer because it's a highly fragmented space. If you're doing transactions uh, on different services, then you have your data also um, yeah, scattered all over the place. And if you're doing, for example, if you're preparing a text declaration, say, uh, then to clean and gather all the data that you need to do this uh, could be yeah well something you don't want to go through and so if you're uh, doing transactions through CoinLink, all the uh, transactions will also be aggregated there which allows you to extract the data from one place which is a huge benefit for the user as well and which, which also caters to the our our belief that ux again is something that is still missing in the DeFi space because you need to be um, yeah, a tech-savvy person actually uh, for, for a lot of services to use them right now. And uh, so UX is, for us is, is the key to mass adoption for DeFi in, in the best sense of the word. On, and so, yeah, transaction tracking will be a feature that also uh, is very much in line with this. And then portfolio management is something, yeah, that comes a little bit out of, of the world of uh, technical indicators and stuff like that, where you can see the performance of your past investments and you can uh, put um, technical indicators to analyze uh, these investments and the performance of them. And so you can make better informed decisions for your future investments. And we will um, set up the version one of these two features. And then from that, we will move on uh, with integrating more services, uh, building upon that basis. And also we would like to integrate, or it's finally decided that we will integrate a fiat on-ramping service which will only be one way for yeah, several reasons, uh, also legal reasons, et cetera, but uh, you can uh, on-ramp from, uh, say, your credit card or whatever. We have uh, yet to uh, talk to several uh, third-party providers for that, but that is also something that is in line with, with our UX thinking to make it as easy as possible to, to access the world of DeFi. Mm. Yeah, I agree. The, the user experience is, is key for that mass adoption. I mean, my mom, the moment that she can set up uh, a, a, an account in like a wallet and participate in yield farming without, you know, me having to provide a 30 minute tutorial video for her. Uh, once you can do that, then that's, that's the level that we need to be at for, for mainstream adoption. At the moment, it's just too tricky for a lot of people. Um, I mean, that's just a byproduct of being being early in such a massive, um, fundamentally different technology. I mean, it's, it's, there's a transition here. It's going to take a bit of time. Um, and well, how about the team? What does the, the, the team that is working on this roadmap, can you speak a bit about the team? 
Yeah, uh, there are two more co-founders. Uh, that would be René, who uh, yeah, and Marius. Um, both of them have also been working together with me on that my project that I mentioned earlier on that bot project, and they have also a strong background in development. Uh, René is uh, very fond of uh, UX as a user front-end developer in React, and uh, yeah, Marius is uh, a little bit more oriented towards backend, <clears throat> which will also be needed for our um, application, obviously. And they have a yeah, background in computer science, and also they have been uh, doing a lot of uh, DeFi trading through the past few years. Uh, also, I should mention that René has been um, mining, has been active and actively mining uh, during the Bitcoin uh, time. And yeah, that's pretty much our background. Awesome. Um, for the listeners out there who want to learn a bit more about what you guys do, maybe connect with you guys on social media, support in whatever way they can. How can those sorts of people connect with CoinLink? Yeah, of course, we uh, have a presence on Twitter. Uh, CoinLink Finance would be our handle there. And on Telegram, we are on the CoinLink Official. That is our Telegram group. And we are uh, right now limiting it basically to these two channels. A lot of other projects have set up Discord service, et cetera. Um, but as we are still a small team, we would like to focus on these two channels to give the users the experience that we are really there, that we are answering uh, their stuff on Telegram. For example, if, if uh, a user has a question, detailed question about our project or whatever, I can come in and, and really explain things. And so we just limit it right now to these two channels, of course, as the team will grow, hopefully during the next year, we will expand to other channels. But yeah, that's basically it right now, Telegram and Twitter. Telegram and Twitter. Alrighty, we'll we'll add those links definitely uh, in the description below, and people can check that out. Um, moving on to the the final question, which is a more general question: um, What excites you the most about the future of not only Cardano but you know the blockchain space in general? What excites you the most about the future? There is um, a sort of a proverb that I have used uh, several times on Twitter now, and it says the revolution will not be centralized. And I think mm -hmm. uh, this is true because um, what we are seeing right now is we are so uh, steeped in technicalities in the DeFi space right now. And I think what we neglect to see is that what actually is going on is sort of a revolution, nothing less than a revolution, because um, not to be too philosophical, but um, as you can see, um, the, things are shifting in the financial uh, system right now away from uh, centralized services where you really do not own actually the decision uh, what what happens with your money like for example you have something like uh, negative interest rates i don't know if this is something that is um, is true for for the us for example but in europe we suffer from negative interest rates you leave your money in the bank and uh, there are national banks there are bank banking institutions who decide that they will, for example, um, give you a negative interest rate. So in order to in, in, uh, incentivize you to spend money. Um, and this all ties in into a system that probably 
uh, is a little bit overcome right now. It, it, it's something of the last century um, to really have the decision that you to have the ability to make your own decisions regarding your financial freedom and self empowerment is. It, it's just not something uh, that, that uh, it's just not something like a slogan, but it's true. And I believe that this is needed for the future for uh, democratic societies to work the way they were intended to. So this is really what, what fascinates me about DeFi and, and to be part of the early stages of, of DeFi and the crypto space. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please feel free to subscribe. Uh, And also, if you like our content, then make sure to check us out on social media with the handle Cardano Source. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.